life was like a box of chocolates. Hey, welcome to the Humboldt Last Week podcast. I'm your host, Miles Cochran. The Humboldt Last Week podcast features a summary of news and events from Humboldt County, California, delivered in a sort of laid-back, hopefully accessible way, and who knows, maybe you'll hear something worth talking about. Again, I want to remind you this thing is not about me, it's about you. I've spent many years professionally as a journalist and radio host in this county. I love Humboldt, I think it's beautiful, and I want to just give you a rundown of last week's happenings on your time, so you can have it whenever you want it, on your commute, at the gym, on a walk, anywhere. First off, I want to thank everybody who checked out the debut episode last week. Thank you so much if you liked Humboldt last week on Facebook. There are not a metric ton of you, but uh, any support helps as I try to get this thing going. I also want to thank people like Jana, Frank, and Shy for pitching things to talk about. Let's see. A final thank you goes out to the human being that works for Apple that approved this podcast for iTunes. You can now subscribe on your Apple devices by searching Humboldt last week. And, of course, you can check this out on any device at soundcloud.com slash Humboldt last week. This week, the main story is about a man who grew up in Southern Humboldt that recently pled guilty to sexual abuse of a child. And the courageous people that stepped up and called him out, no matter how prominent he was in the community. That story is going to feature an interview with a member of the offender's family. And this person has actually supported the victim throughout this entire process. But before we get into that, I want to quickly go through some other stories and events. See, residents were evicted at the Budget Inn, one of those places a block up from the courthouse in Eureka that's pretty much a five-star hotel, if that was out of, like, a million stars. <laughs> People there noticed mold, used hypodermic needles, a burn area, bathroom uses a kennel, cockroaches, missing fire detectors, bad plumbing. 200 police department calls in the last year there featuring all of the crime this is not a pretty sight. Owners wanted more time to fix things up. The city said owners had years of warning. City paid to help residents relocate, and then they're going to try to get that money back from the hotel owners. We'll see how that goes. The hotel owners and residents obviously aren't happy, and you can check that out at timesiphonstandard.com. Conversely, how about things that look good in Eureka? That new brewery sign at the south end of town is flashy and fancy, and some other word that starts with F, fetching? I'm liking that thing. What else? The 2015 census numbers are out, and men in Humboldt make the least amount of money in the state. Little over 27 grand a year. Wow. When you compare that 27 to the state average of almost 41, it's really bad. Of course, that doesn't factor in underground income. There was a little good news in all this. The pay gap between men and women in Humboldt appears to be the smallest in the state. Go ladies. That's at lastcoastoutpost.com. Some Eureka High School kids went to the hospital after ingesting hallucinogenic seeds. One of them ordered off the internet. These are Hawaiian baby woodrose seeds, and around 10 kids apparently took these at school, which caused nausea, vomiting, and general feeling terrible. Uh, according to this article, these things have a tryptamine that makes you trip for six to eight hours. And at first glance, the cops say they are not a scheduled narcotic, so they probably can't charge the kid who ordered these things and distributed them. Got that from the North Coast Journal. Here's another one. The police in Arcata arrested a 28-year-old bearded weirdo with a criminal history for assaulting a 12-year-old girl who was walking to school. He threw this girl to the ground and was on top of her when a parent stepped up and stopped it. Now, this parent kicks ass. She is awesome. This is a nice little reminder that, you know, 
We're all in this together. We should always step up if we see something shady happening. I also saw in the loco that this guy was also once arrested for allegedly yelling at a group of first graders that he'd murder them. Ugh. Okay, that was a quick rundown of other stories from this week. Now, time for the final story we're going to be checking out. A 58-year-old man named Chris Renner, who grew up in Southern Humboldt, recently pled guilty to child abuse charges on the day his trial was about to start up in Crescent City. This is related to incidents that happened in the late 90s with a boy between the ages of 5 and 7. Renner admitted to fondling this child's genitals several times and on one occasion forcing the child's hand onto his genitals. If you do a quick Google search, you'll find that Chris Renner is the owner of C. Renner Petroleum in Crescent City, which I need to make clear is completely separate from the Renner Petroleum gas stations, which we have down here in Humboldt. But on the C. Renner website, you'll see a bio that says this man, quote, gives back to the community helping with annual donations and physical labor to organizations. So this was a prominent man in the community. And I've been told that's part of why this victim was reluctant to say anything. Renner is out on bail now. He faces a little over 10 years in state prison without probation. And that's not the end of it. In the comments at KimKemp.com, maybe you'll see one from someone that appears to be Chris Renner's family member named Lindsay Renner. Now, Lindsay wrote that even though there was a confession, members of her family started a smear campaign against the victim and attempted to intimidate him to the point to where he would drop the charges. She noted how the victim stayed strong, how she's proud of him. So this is how it sounds. This is a member of the offender's family showing overwhelming support for the victim which strikes me as incredibly courageous. So I did reach out to Lindsay, got a hold of her, and this is our conversation. Hello? Hey, Lindsay, it's Miles. Hey. Well, I just want to say um, thank you so much for talking to me about this. I appreciate yeah. it. It's inspiring to see somebody step up in a situation like this. And yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for asking, actually, because it's been... Um you know, with the victim throughout the whole process, like something that's kind of kept him going is the idea that maybe he can help other victims and, you know, help other people to, you know, have strength to come forward and stuff like that. So when I called him earlier to tell him that you had called and we were doing this and the, the types of questions you were asking, he was really, really happy about that. He was like, okay, good. You know, there's going to be some some good that's going to come out of this, you know, and so I think it's it's really good for him. So thank you for allowing us this opportunity to. Yeah, just trying to look for a silver lining in everything, um, and sometimes yeah. we can find it in even the most difficult of things. First off, Lindsay, um, how old are you, and where do you live? 34, and Humboldt County, California. What is your relationship to Chris Renner? It's this guy who recently pled guilty to these charges. Chris adopted me... Um, when I was five, when he married my mom. So Chris is my dad. Okay. There was overwhelming evidence against your dad, Chris Renner, regarding these awful crimes. Yeah. But you decided not to remain silent about all this and when it would have been so easy to do so. And on top of that, you decided to support the victim. Without getting into the specifics of it, how did the victim know your family and what was his background? The victim had a pretty difficult home life, uh, a pretty unstable childhood. He didn't have very much support or guidance, and he kind of um, gravitated towards our family, spent a lot of time with our family as a child, and really just considers us family. You listened to this person uh, whenever he brought up these sexual assaults, which allowed him to process what happened. All the while, you know, he was partly thinking nobody would believe him. 
whenever you were there for him uh, and he decided, I've got support, I'm going to go to the authorities. And whenever he did go to the authorities, you say that your family started a smear campaign against him. And this is a smear campaign against a victim of sexual assault. What were they thinking? Uh, Honestly, I just felt like they were really just trying to do whatever they could to protect themselves and, you know, to kind of keep that secret in that moment. Um, It seems like it was almost like an attempt to emotionally destabilize the victim to kind of make him feel too weak or too alone or too emotional or overwhelmed or unsupported to keep fighting. And then once when I, I noticed that once he kind of felt like he had no support and that everyone believed that he was lying, my family kind of came in and started weighing on him, you know, making him feel that they loved him and that he was family. And it seemed kind of familiar and to me just kind of seemed like grooming Mm-hmm. Um, and that they were actually just continuing to kind of prey on an innocent, confused victim. It seemed selfish. Um, it seemed like they just didn't want to hold themselves accountable. And, you know, one thing I know for certain is that they weren't thinking about the victim or his family or, you know, how that was all going to affect them. But, you know, my family was really close to him, too, so I was really surprised that they didn't... Um, that they just kind of turned their backs on him. Mm -hmm. Lindsay, what would you like to say to anybody out there who's been abused um, but doesn't have the courage to speak up, um, that doesn't think people will believe them, that um, even being told nobody will believe them? What would you like to say to them? Uh, First, I would say you're not alone and you didn't deserve this and I believe you, I think that's a huge one. You know, a simple I believe you can really go a long way in situations like this. Um, It's really important to remember that you're important, that you matter, that this isn't your fault. That's a huge one. This is not your fault. You didn't choose any of this. Don't blame yourself. Don't feel, you know, ashamed. Just stay strong, and I would definitely say, you know, tell somebody. And throughout this process, you know, I've learned a lot of things. And what I would tell adults um, is we have to talk about these issues. Like, it's a very common issue in our society today. There's a really good website, and it's www.taalk.org. And it stands for Talk About Abuse to Liberate Children. And they make a really good point that... Child sexual abuse is predictable and preventable when we surround our kids with knowledgeable, outspoken adults, and we can really all play a part in the solution. And so, yeah, we just really need to educate ourselves and kind of, like, normalize talking about it because it's a hard subject to talk about. It's hard for me to talk about right now. Um, It's hard for, you know, people to hear other people talk about it. But when we do that and we don't talk about it as adults, Children feel like they can't talk about it either, so it's really important to just talk about it. Yeah, and you can start small, like in this particular scenario, um, the victim started with you, it sounds like, and then um, with time, you know, the courage comes, and it's just taking that first little step. Yes, yes, tell somebody. That's the first step. And you had mentioned that you had had a conversation with the victim earlier today. Um, Do you think he has started to heal? I do. 
I do. Um, earlier today, he said, you know, it's definitely a process and there's ups and downs, but I know that it was really important for him for the truth to come out. And when it did on Monday, you know, when people realized that this is like a real thing, this is the truth, it's something that he's endured, it's something that he's had to deal with and live through, that he's a survivor of. Once people realized that, they've been super supportive of him, and that's what he needed. And now that he has that, I think that he feels, you know, stronger and more validated. And he's really starting that, you know, healing journey. And it clearly, you know, is a process, but he's definitely started it. And I think that this last week I've seen um, him trust himself more because I think that that's something that happens with children when they're abused. Um, they lose trust in, you know, the world or, or parents or, um, you know, the people that they're supposed to trust and eventually they lose kind of that trust in themselves. So mm -hmm. I feel like he's starting to trust himself more and he seems more confident and he definitely seems less fearful, uh, which is a really, really great start. So I think that he's, he's, he's doing well and he's well on his way to that healing Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, it sounds like, you know, he's just gripped this opportunity to gain self-esteem. I just wanted to ask a final and kind of more super difficult question for you personally, Lindsay. Do you think that your family can heal from this? I, I definitely think that my family can heal from this, that they have the option to heal from this. But, you know, I kind of feel like the, the decision to do that is theirs. You know, they have to be accountable and they have to, you know, really look this in the face and understand that this is the reality and really face it and find compassion for the victim and his family and kind of step outside of their selves and what is going on with them personally right now. And so I definitely feel that, yes, they, they can heal. They have the option to heal, but whether or not they make the appropriate, you know, decisions to begin that healing process is kind of up to them. Right. But I hope for them, yeah. And I hope for that too. Personally, do you think that they will understand your unwavering support of the victim for the entire time? Do you think they're going to eventually going to come to understand that? No. I'm sorry, Lindsay. Yeah. You stepped up and did something that not everyone would do. You have so much strength and, you know, your willingness to speak about this goes such a long way. You know, despite that, positive is coming from this. So thank you so much for doing that. Right. Thank you. Humble. Last week.